Oh, yeah. Ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. But then later there's running and then screaming. The world's just changed so radically, and we're all running to catch up. How can we possibly have the slightest idea of what to expect? With the best intentions. Some of the worst things imaginable have been done with the best intentions. Dr. Malcolm, I have to share a few campfire stories with my uncle. You can convince the Washington Post and the skeptical inquirer of whatever you want. But I was there, I know what happened, and so do you. I, I don't think you're giving us our due credit. Our scientists have done things which nobody's ever done before. Yeah, yeah, but your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could that they didn't stop to think if they should. Hello and welcome to the February issue of Jurassic Minutes where we discuss recent movie, toy and franchise news for the Jurassic series. I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And on this episode we're discussing toys, art and dinosaurs. But before we get to that, David, anything new in the mail this month? Uh, yeah. It turns out that Cinefix Magazine, which had been running for like 40 years I think, is finally going out of business. Apparently... I thought they had gone out of business, like, between Jurassic World and Fallen Kingdom. Because I know they did a Jurassic World issue, but I didn't think they did a Fallen Kingdom issue. But turns out they did. So I picked that up. And then I found in storage the uh, Lost World Koosh-Ball T-Rex. Oh. They're like these, like, little... I never really understood the point of them, but they're like <laughs> these figures. But the main body of them had, like, rubber spokes that, that kind of form like a ball and like i said it's kind of strange because it's i mean there's really no kind of point to them they don't even really dangle that well but i had the t-rex one and i had the velociraptor one they both came out of the lost world line sadly i think i gave the velociraptor one to a friend of mine when i was a kid and oh, no. i had no idea whatever happened to it yeah uh, be, there'd be hundreds of thousands of stories out there of kids trading toys and that sort of stuff when they were younger when they shouldn't have. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, they're, kind of, they're like a little expensive on, um, on like, eBay, but, I mean, they're not terribly expensive, so I might find the uh, Rat Velociraptor one and pick it up. Hmm. Oh, that's nice. I also, this one's not Jurassic related, but it is kind of because it came out like during the dinosaur craze in the 90s. The, from the 1998 uh, Godzilla toy line, the Rumble and War, War Godzilla figure. <laughs> when I was a kid, I mean, I, I mean, I had a couple Godzilla merchandise. Like I had the Taco Bell cup holder, one of those soap holders. Um, <laughs> I had one of the Trendmaster toys. But I, I never really kind of liked the Trendmaster toys because the, the um, toys were posed really weirdly with, like, um, these kind of, like, twisty, twisty tails, kind of like what uh, Hasbro did with the with the Jurassic Park 3-line dinosaurs where they curved the tails so mm. that they could fit the more boxes on shelves. The um, face or the head sculpt on the Trendmaster toys were always kind of goofy. But these ones came from a company, but this one came from a company called Toy Biz, which was the same company that did the remote-controlled dinosaurs for the Lost World. And they came out with a remote-controlled Godzilla figure 
that was kind of looked kind of like the same basic mechanics as the T-Rex that they did for Lost World. But I grabbed the um, Rumble and Roar figure, which was a similar remote control figure, but instead of instead of like moving across his legs across the floor like the remote control figure did, you press the uh, tank that was uh, attached to it by a wire, and it it moved his head uh, back and forth and roared. I had the leg mechanism work. Was that um, powered in the hips, or did it have something down at the feet that moved back and forth? To make the legs move, it's kind of hard. it kind of had like a shifty kind of thing in it. I took the T Rex partially apart to kind of figure out how it worked. When I was Careful. A kid. <laughs> so it kind of like the like the hips swiveled. Oh, okay. There was, I mean, you didn't see it on the thing, but the legs it created a effect where it looked like the legs moved and it had little wheels that powered it along. Yep. Nice. On the on the bottom of the feet, so. But yeah, this one the legs are static, but the arms are poseable, and it was just the head moved. They had another one called the uh, Battle Action T Rex that a friend of mine had when we were kids. That that's why I always kind of like the Toy Biz figures more than the um, Trendmaster ones because I thought the sculpts were more act were more accurate, while the they had more play features as well because the this Battle Action uh, figure had like eight different things you could do you could stomp the feet move the tail move the arms it was it was a really cool figure so i picked up this one it's kind of got like the same kind of rubbery skin that the t-rex had and the remote control figure had so it's actually got like a pretty halfway decent looking sculpt and and uh the only thing wrong, wrong with it really is that the one leg looks like it's been kind of gimpy from laying in the toy box at the bottom oh. of the toy box for years and try to fix that but otherwise i'm really happy with to have the figure i have always kind of wanted finally in my collection yeah hair dryer something just to warm it up a little bit to get it to mold <laughs> just where it's been laying yeah on the that's what i was thinking yeah uh, nice um i seem to have uh, fallen into the trap of collecting random magazines with <laughs> jurassic park articles <laughs> in it as well i um oh I yes mentioned last show it is I, a deep rabbit hole yes i got uh two of the fandango uh, magazines with two of the jurassic park uh articles in them and one with the lost world and the rolling stones mag which has got a laura dern interview in it and uh, a bit of backstory on jurassic park as well so Apparently, uh, eBay notified me this morning I've just won an SFX magazine as well with something on Jurassic Park throwing it, so <laughs> I, um, I, don't, I don't remember bidding on that, but <laughs> I must have, and I've won it. So that's uh, that's everything that's come in the mail for me. Is that all for you? Yeah. Despite having my tax refund come in, I've, unfo- I've actually been kind of saving it a little bit for some reason. Just getting ready for the right figure. Yeah, I think so. I kind of priced some of the Chronicle collection copies on the secondhand market since obviously Chronicle is not going to be delivering anymore. And I was looking at and some of these are like up to oh, uh, like three times the original pricing. Oh. And I'm just like, I can't really justify <laughs> paying $1,200 on a $400 figure. Yeah. And then you want to you find one close that you can actually go and get it and not have it shipped. Just to alleviate mm-hmm. any possibilities of damage it might get in transit. It'd be nothing worse than paying more money for it and having having something wrong with it when it turns up. Yeah, hey, really. 
Pompey's been presumed to be scavengers, like jackals. Gives me the creep. It's like it's not scared. There haven't been any visitors to this island. There's no reason for it to fear man. Now it does. Alright, how about we get into some news? Alright. Alright. First up, we discussed last month uh, the rumours of a uh, Amber Collection Ray Arnold and Ian Malcolm version 2. Uh, unfortunately, Mattel, what have you done? <laughs> You've just given us another Jurassic Park uh, Ian Malcolm in the uh, classic T-Rex breakout sort of setup. He's got some mud on his boots, the flare, and a radiator he would hold later on the film to direct Ellie through the maintenance shed. Did you get the original Malcolm? I did not, and I'm kind of disappointed that this is just basically an added accessory repack. I was kind of really hoping for Lost World Malcolm here. Mm. Yeah, something different. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, at minimum, a new body sculpt, you know? Mm. Yeah. But I think the uh, talk of the town here is the, uh, the Ray Arnold. <laughs> uh, yes. You can see Sam Jackson in it, but he's got the glasses, the headset, um, the green tie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely not. I mean, I can definitely see Sam Jackson in it, but it's also definitely a young Sam Jackson too. I mean, you, you got to remember this was 1993. He had <laughs> hair. <laughs> I don't. I don't think he's had hair since like 2000. So mm. <laughs> when he when he did um, uh, Mace Windu, I think is like when he first started shaving his head. Yeah, yeah, I can't recall what it was in just before that. Pulp Fiction, maybe, or was that earlier nineties? No, nah, that that was earlier because I think Shaft came out after Episode One, so he was already shaving for that too. But but the, uh, surprised, oh, not surprised, I knew that he wouldn't have a cigarette in his mouth <laughs> as much as it um, it fit the character. I don't think they'd be able to sell that <laughs> these days. <laughs> no, at least not to kids. Oh, Deep Blue Sea, he he just been in that. Uh, in 1999. Oh, that was on TV last night too. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. He had hair back then too. Mm. Yeah, he, he had a regular full head of hair. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that was a guilty pleasure of mine, Deep Blue Sea. It's like one of those higher budget creature features that you gotta love. Mm. It just it seems so Crichton too. It does, yeah. Mm. In but, fact, it's. I mean, not that you mentioned this, I'm almost kind of surprised that Crichton didn't have a hand in the screenplay for that movie, for that movie because, like you said, I mean, it does feel really Crichton. Mm. One thing here that's um, great to see is the main accessory is uh, that classic 90s box computer, <laughs> the IBMs they had back there in the film and uh, the tour program decal on the screen. Looks like there's a lot of detail there too. It is. I wonder if they took like a screen cap from one of those fan animations and just kind of like shrunk it down to accessory size. Mm. Yeah, no, it looks fantastic though. I'll, I'll definitely look at getting getting Ray to go with Nedry. Yeah, same. Dennis, the headlights. <laughs> His arm is detachable. Oh, really? <laughs> That's perfect. Yes. I wonder if um if you'd display your Arnold with the arm on or with it off and then add a little bit of red to it. It'll definitely go great with the uh with the raptor for you can finally recreate the deleted scene of Sam Ar- 
uh, Jackson losing an arm to a raptor in the shed. Yeah, that'd be good. Hold on to your butts. Um. Coming up next, uh, again, Mattel, what are you thinking? Uh, the new Super Colossal for 2021 has been announced, and it's a Toro. Yes. I'm sure there's a uh, there's a meeting, board meeting or something, when they're talking about what figures they're going to release for the next year, and someone just slowly raises a hand and goes, we're expecting the children to put all this. <laughs> well, coincidentally, Toro has actually been a very fan favorite of, like, of the fans. Well, I mean, I guess that's kind of redundant, but yeah, <laughs> it's been a favorite of the fans, so I could... I can definitely see Toro selling well, especially because, I mean, the sculpt is beautiful. Very, very good details. And even the scar is not just painted on. They actually sculpted the scar in. Mm. Yes, that red scar down behind the nose. He, um, he's got some good detail. I think just because of the size, I'm still going to keep the smaller one and not get this because I don't... <laughs> I'm sitting here with the super colossal T-Rex leaning up against the bed. It just... <laughs> I got nowhere to put it. Put all these big figures. I got I got <laughs> blue and it's it's in the in the shed, still wrapped in a garbage bag. I haven't even opened it. Oh, a good place to put her. She needs to run free. I know, but there's nowhere to put it. <laughs> uh, but uh, I yeah, I have I have mine in the closet uh, up on the upper shelf in the closet. I have really just nowhere else to put her. Mm. Same with the Brachiosaurus. Yeah, yeah, that's under the kitchen table. <laughs> <laughs> Although the dog doesn't like going under there while we're having dinner, waiting for food to be fallen on the floor, because the brachiosaurs there, I don't think she likes it very much. <laughs> <laughs> she does, definitely doesn't like those T-Rex. <laughs> Too many teeth. Yeah, that is something that's also really nice about the Super Colossal Toro, is there's... Plenty, plenty of teeth. There was something that I thought with the Super Colossal Blue that they kind of skimped on was they made the teeth kind of big and chunky, whereas here it's you got a, like a good number of teeth, you mm. know? Well, just the paint details, just comparing it alongside the Super Colossal T-Rex, just how much more details in the paint scheme, obviously because the character's got a bit more detail in her as well, but mm-hmm. just the, the different shades of orange and the, the darker colors... No, it looks good. Can't wait to see it on the shelf. Yeah, they definitely did a good job with this one. Yep. <laughs> Amanda! Ben! Amanda, honey, Dr. Grant said that's a bad ben! idea. What? He says it's a bad idea. What's a bad idea? What was that? All right, uh, moving on. Um, interesting to wake up during the last past week and find that... Uh, Artist John Bell had post up some uh, unseen and seen art on his website. I hadn't had hadn't been to his website before. I know he'd done art for Jurassic Park and Lost World because of what we've seen in the uh, the making of books. But um, there's mm-hmm. some, some art here that um, hasn't been seen as well. Just on briefly looking at the well, he calls it Jurassic Park Four. So <laughs> he was obviously on board before it was changed to Jurassic World. The Nublar map I never knew was his. I thought that was just a a, a fan-made one or something, but 
it shows that whole theme park section down the bottom, like we've seen in some of the concept art as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, John Bell, he has a he has a couple pieces in the making of book for the Lost World, or, or I'm sorry, for Jurassic Park as well. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. One thing I posted up a couple weeks ago on the Facebook page, the uh, the concept art for the gyrosphere that he done. Well, I didn't realize it was his, but he uh, he did it for Jurassic World with the uh, sort of explorer theme paint on the side, the rings and that. Mm-hmm. I can't recall if that post, had, if that photo had notations on it, but the ones here on his site, they were, well, in the concept anyway, they were planning to have the gyrospheres picked up by like a suction cup and taken to heights to be a tree high or brachiosaurus height. That's a very bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> put them at a very convenient biting height but just the whole balls just suspended by this this um, gondola system that would pick it up, pick it up. we've discussed um, mud, water, grass poo <laughs> to get on the glass and if this was an automated system I wonder how many times the ball would fall off <laughs> <laughs> or like fails to, or to suction halfway through you know yeah yep that would that would be very bad. Yes, very very bad. <laughs> um, having a look at the Jurassic Park stuff, he's uh, got some concept art here. A couple of the Explorer shots we've seen before in that making of book. Uh, Tim with the night goggles. Uh, there's one here of an mm-hmm. early model um, Range Rover, sort of done up in the Jurassic Park colourings as well, which I don't really mind, especially the, the green green grass at the bottom of it, and the different style logo with a, uh, with a sauropod there in the island shape instead of the round T-Rex logo that we got. Mm-hmm. And we also have like a number of posters and stuff that he also designed. Mm. Which is kind of interesting because some of the art that John Bell did for some of the posters was could almost be used as like in, in-universe posters. Mm. You know? Yep. And the good thing is too, I, I haven't checked out his shop, but he is selling some um, original art there. I'd love, I'd love to be able to buy some of this stuff and just have it on the wall. Yeah. I'm gonna say another one here of the Vista view with the Brachiosaurus, and interestingly too, a blood spattered looks like a child's drawing of a raptor. Oh. Yeah, that is different. Yeah, I don't know what. The... I don't even know what that'd fit in the novel, where where they'd be coming from. I would think like Tina's drawing, but Tina encountered oh. a copy, not a. Uh... Yeah, that is a mystery. Yeah. I love the uh, the northeast southwest um, art as well, with the T Rex in the middle of it. And there's one here. Mm-hmm. Where's that? There's one here. It's um, I'm guessing it's either the control room or the uh, genetics lab with. A big, broad-chested man on the on the balcony, looking and pointing. Um, notice mm-hmm. the uh, the circular. Around, they might be around skylights or something. Looks very Jurassic Park free with the lab, and what we see some of the production art there. Um, different different versions of the uh, the raptor, raptor cages as well. Mhm. There's so much, so much stuff. You guys are just getting on the on the website and have a look for yourselves. I love the uh, the the postcard mm-hmm. too. Greetings from John Hammond's Jurassic Park off the coast of Costa Rica. And I know. I want I want that as a. 
I've, I mean, I've done, like, fan-made postcards of, like, I think one was of the Visitor Center, another was of those islands that they have in the lunchroom scene, mm-hmm. where they're eating lunch, and you can see the random South uh, Asian islands in the background. Yep. And I've always put, like, greetings from beautiful Jurassic Park on there, so this, now, now I kind of want to do them, redo them with this text. Mm. The, um... The helicopter concept art here has got uh, InGen Corporation instead of InGen Construction on it. I'd have to have a look and see this, because that's one of the images we've seen before that's in that making of book. So I wonder mm-hmm. why the, the change there went from corporation to construction for the film. Maybe it was meant to be originally a corporate helicopter. Yeah. And not like a, um, you know? Yeah, well, it's a different InGen logo anyway, but yeah. Like moving over to the uh, the stuff for the Lost World, like all this stuff we've seen before, all the various vehicles and some t- some quality uh, photos of the the RVs and that what they're going to do. I think the uh, what do they call it the Niagara Barrel. That's something new, isn't it? That um, Roland was going to cr- climb in- inside of. Just trying to read the notations. I here. think that behind the gates had discussed that earlier, but it had been in like kind of a poor quality, so this is the first time we're actually seeing it in high definition. Mm. And being able to uh, read the notations, it's just um, describing that the hunter can go mm-hmm. inside, lay in the fetal position and, <laughs> and get rolled. In the chance of extreme danger or loss of life, you can climb inside <laughs> this big barrel and, uh, and survive, even though the ends seem to be open, so any, anything with clawed, <laughs> clawed ends could probably reach it and get you. I wonder if that kind of originated from the uh, safety cage that they had in um, the Lost World novel. Remember, if they had the safety cage that uh, Arby gets into when they're in the high hide and unfortunately gets locked in there as the raptors roll mm. them back to their lair. Yeah, then goes one hell of a roll. <laughs> <laughs> getting taken away by the raptors there's some uh, there's some concept art of Tim and Lex too that um, hasn't been seen before Timmy with a broken arm it seems and uh, look mm-hmm. like they're going to go after that original that original um, the ages and that form instead of before they switched for the final film yeah I know a lot of fans have always kind of been glad that they switched that up because I know many fans agree with the idea that Novel Lex was rather annoying and useless. <laughs> yeah. But I suppose the uh, the big surprise that came out of this was uh, concept art for Jurassic Park 3. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had no idea he did any for 3. Apart from... There's the, uh, the concept art of the harbour slash marina, but then there's the sort of the miniature stuff for the lab... The lab building, I, I can't recall any concept art for Jurassic Park 3 being out anyway. There might be a couple of small ones, but this is interesting. It's coincided with uh, the knowledge of the, the tabletop book coming out, and I, I hope mm-hmm. that um, this, this means there's going to be some more of this sort of art in that book covering Jurassic Park 3. We've mentioned before how much we'd love to see a lot more focus yeah. on Jurassic Park 3 in that book just because of what we've had with the other two films already. Oh, yeah. I mean, we discussed, I think, on last, last month's uh, news roundup that we 
we're that we kind of suspect that they are starting to some of the concept artists and people who work on the movie are starting to um dig through their own archives for this book mm. and then there's the um what the art's depicting to it to our tvs there's a couple of uh other uh, concept art of uh, incubators and the um, the robotic arms for the uh, the lab, which mm-hmm. is good to see. They're pretty basic drawings, but uh, we get those beautiful coloured images of uh, of two two different motorcycles with um, some a character riding them all sort of banged up and bruised, and it's the Jurassic Park logo on them. Yeah, there's there's been discussion around. We have that marketing with the Spinosaur and the Sight C and all that sort of stuff, and the possibility that was going to be on Nublar. Mm-hmm. I don't know if these vehicles would be on sauna, and this is sort of a hint that yes, at the early stages they were going to go back to Nublar, or I can't, I can't see it being somewhere else other than those two. Well, I know that there is not just speculation, but I believe um, Jack Evans has confirmed that originally they were going to go back to have it set on Isla Nublar, but at some point. Either it was too late to change it to uh, uh, or change it to the Redwoods when they switched it to Sorna or something, but they had already scouted for Isla Nublar locations, which is why we end getting the kind of classic jungle in the third movie instead of the Redwoods again. Mm. Yeah, I, I still believe you could a couple of small elements you could remove from Jurassic Park Three, and it could quite easily be on. Jurassic Park on Nublar. Oh yeah, but um, there's also the speculation too. These two scenes with uh, supposedly Eric or or someone, one of the survivors escaping on the motorcycle, could have been um, the original escape from the lab, getting it, getting away from the raptors and the raptor chase happening there. But that's um, that's all speculation. But yeah, interesting too. He drew this on the sixth in two thousand, so it was very late in the production. <laughs> The, the film is going to be released in a year, mm-hmm. and he's doing concept art for it still. <laughs> well, it also may have been that, like, they were still trying to... Because if you notice, with some of the other concept art, for example, the raptor head art, the art itself is just photoshopped and, recolor, and recolors of the Jurassic Park uh, heads from the Lost World. Hmm. Yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna be there, you're gonna sort of reuse some of the stuff that come before. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I think several of the maquettes themselves were actually recast from the um, Lost World maquettes. Like I know the Raptors were modified from the Lost World maquettes, and the T Rex was actually just a straight up repaint of one of the maquettes from <laughs> the uh, the Lost World's molds that mm. they just uh, brought back. <laughs> yeah. I suppose the other thing with the motorcycles too, the the fact that they're in the, the Jurassic Park theme over both films, yes, we haven't seen the whole island, but there's been no no uniform with the vehicles or no no themed vehicles seen on Sauna apart from the Green Explorer with the yellow engine letters mm-hmm. on it, which could have been a special special vehicle for the lab lab techs to go to the the um, Avery or something, something a bit more comfy than a 70s Land Cruiser or <laughs> an old Suburban. but Or, heck, even something for investor tours, you know? Yeah, yep. That was something that they had 
set up in Trespasser where they um they had like they were building the hotel and the monorail system so that they could take uh investors out on tours of the island and its various facilities. Mm. Yep. Just just the creative juices get going on what what some of this stuff could mean. And and again, just <laughs> oh, looking yeah. forward to so much for that tabletop book. How much of the island have you explored? I stayed pretty close to the compound. Figured if anyone came looking for me, that's where they'd start. Uh, lastly, Sam Neill's been uh, continuing his uh, his talking talking talk show <laughs> interviews. That'll do. Uh, <laughs> talking about uh, Dominion once again, and this time is uh, uh, added a little bit of a tidbit about uh, Grant and Ellie and. Um, there's some added stuff here from Colin Trevorrow too, with uh, the film seeming like a six-hour movie, which, yes, they got a lot of stuff crammed in, <laughs> it sounds like, to uh, <laughs> to finish off this chapter of the, the franchise. Well, I doubt that it's literally going to be. I mean, <laughs> even counting deleted scenes is probably not going to extend past three hours, because simply because, like, half of that six hours probably more than half is going to be just um like retakes and bloopers and pretty much anything that they can't really use for the final finished film and pretty much every movie's got that like they they say that uh star wars the the revenge of the sith originally was going to have like a four-hour cut and when you just think about yeah, they could probably have. It's a two-hour, fifteen movie, yeah, two-hour and fifteen-minute movie. But you think about it, four hours. That a lot of that's bloopers and stuff, you know. Mm. And people are like release the four-hour cut, but <laughs> in reality, there isn't a four-hour cut. There's at most maybe two and a half-hour cut. Yeah, and sometimes you things know? are removed for a very good reason as well mm-hmm. for pacing and everything Poop else. Scene. But... Dress world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll get there. We're nowhere there in the minutes. <laughs> the other thing he sort of hinted at too is uh, is that Alan Grant's the same character, but it's a different world, different times. And uh, Doctor Grant, Doctor Sattler, have, Sattler haven't seen each other for some time, and uh, you'll see how it all pans out when they get meet up again. So a lot of fans were hoping for a retcon <laughs> that uh, they'll be back together, but it doesn't sound like it. Not the start of the film, anyway. But at the same time, that is something that I've been kind of hoping to see is this idea of Grant. Paleontology was struggling even as far back as 2001 in this in these movies, and the park wasn't even open yet. Yeah. I mean, they just knew about the dinosaurs, and Grant's already having struggling with funding. He was having struggling funding back in 1993, and it's just I'd love to see where paleontology is at at this point with living dinosaurs and a decade of the actual dinosaur theme park being open. And I was discussing this and somebody, and somebody was like, well, I know, well, Grant doesn't seem like the kind of person to want to do, to be open to change. But that's what makes it in. Because at this point, we know that they have like a whole field of just paleo veterinarians, veterinarians who study these animals and how to treat them. So 
like do paleontologists have they moved more into the biology and less into the geology? And do they get does like Masrani send or does Masrani actually even clone animals just to um send to uh like universities for dissection? Like <laughs> are Compe's the new frogs? <laughs> <laughs> I mean the for as many doors as it closes, it also opens a lot, too. Hmm. So I'm really interested in seeing the status of paleontology in a world where dinosaurs are now alive. Yeah. And, and even better, like I said, Grant, uh, I was talking to a guy who said that Grant doesn't seem like he's open to change, but Owen kind of presents us this foil to Grant, whereas Grant is more methodical and he studies everything around him owen's not he's impulsive and he he i mean he'll like jump into a raptor cage to save to save a guy he's he's not a scientist he's a he's an animal behaviorist he's basically a glorified uh, dog trainer <laughs> <laughs> hey these ones just bite harder <laughs> oh yeah but uh I mean, like the rap, rap with the raptors, Grant is adamant that they're just savage beasts that can't really have be interact with humans. And then here's Owen riding through a motor, riding through a jungle on his motorcycle next to him. <laughs> I'd love for the character to have seen that. <laughs> <laughs> We're not compatible. No, no, and that's yeah, it. It'd probably take a, a entire film just to discuss how or where paleontology is and all that in the, in the Jurassic world. But it sort of has me thinking too. That he sort of says that Grant's the same character, but not in relation to what relation to Jurassic Park or JP Free. If the world in general knows about how much extra extra bits are added to make the dinosaurs, uh, if they, if there's still a need for paleontology to, uh, because it's, it's studying the real thing, the original thing, and all these, uh, new animals are sort of a little bit different here and there, they've been modified, uh, and that's not even going into the hybrids, but just, yeah, <laughs> Grant's just sitting out there in front of a, front of a museum with a sign, <laughs> they're not real, <laughs> they're bits, they're bits of sources. <laughs> Or, fund me, please, I beg you. Yeah. <laughs> then you just have people walking past, we'll laughing dig at for him. food. <laughs> I'll, just go, I'll just go to Nublar. <laughs> I don't need you. Hopefully. Hopefully there's a little bit more backstory there that we can, we can get wet our appetites. Anything else on that? Uh, no, I think we covered that pretty well. All right. So that's uh, that's it for the news. Bit of a short one this month, uh, but a couple of good things there to discuss. And uh, we'll see what happens for March. Yeah, I don't know, unless we start getting some uh, some more stuff, some more figure news revealed or something like that. I wonder where uh, where Iron Studios, Studios are, if they've got anything new that they're about to announce. But uh, if they do, we'll be here to discuss it. Interesting thing with the... Um with the statue companies is they seem to kind of like go into a, uh, they do what the toy companies used to do where they go into like a, um, uh, hibernation with properties. Like if there's no Jurassic Park movie coming out, they don't make any new Jurassic Park statues. Hmm. 
But then Prime 1 seems to buck that trend and they're still making Transformers statues from Dark and the Moon and <laughs> 10, 10 year old films so <laughs> there's just someone buying them somewhere but uh, it is it is one of those things if there's no no marketing or no uh, no current media for that sort of stuff then yeah you, you're probably not going to be able to sell it as easily no but uh, we'll find out we'll find out next month uh in the meantime, we'll get back to recording some uh, some Jurassic Minutes and um, keep on looking at Jurassic World one minute at a time. All right, sounds good. Yep, but until then, Dave, we'll get out of here. All right.